Uh, I'm Alon Ben Meir, and welcome to another episode of On the Issues. My guest today is Omri Tillich, president of the Rumi Forum. His work focuses on intercultural dialogue issues related to pluralism, social harmony, and peace building. Tillich is originally from Australia, where he was involved in numerous interfaith and education projects in Sydney, Brisbane, and Melbourne. He has a degree in computer engineering and a master's degree in teaching. You can find his full bio on the page for this episode. And thank you so much, Amri, for being here, especially now in DC. Thank you. <laughs> yes, places. thank you to be here. Nice, uh, cool day. <laughs> yeah, yesterday was, was a summer day. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. We miss in less than 12 hours we went. Right. From warm to, to very, very cool. Yeah. You know, um, we just had a meeting, you were there. Yes. Talking about Turkey, David Phillips made a presentation about Erdogan and Erdogan attentions. What do you make out of this um, Erdogan's um, effort now to basically legally to become a dictator by changing, amending the constitution? and pushing uh, Turkey ever so steadily toward Islamization. Yes, we've been on that rocky road for, uh, depending on where you take as a reference point, uh, for the last few years, in particular since the corruption probe, the increased persecution of people affiliated with the Gulen movement, uh, and then uh, thereafter the, the, the coup, we have 130,000 people that have been suspended, and that's just in bureaucracy, not including private enterprise. Uh, 90,000 people detained, 45, 46,000 people in prison. And many of them are without a court date or access to their files, so they don't, they don't know why, other than the fact they're somehow affiliated. And in, in which way? And, 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 and yeah. this paints the broader picture, of, of course, of uh, where Erdogan unfortunately, it's, it's taken Turkey. So he's going to have legal precedence to be a, a formalized dictator, unfortunately. Yeah, but you know, you, you were talking, uh, you mentioned earlier the Fertula uh, Golan movement. Yes. And uh, knowing that the two, you know, Golan himself and Erdogan were friends, very close friends at one point. No, I, would, I would argue that. Uh, they, they weren't friends. I think there was a convergence... Of interest. Uh, around yeah, around values, uh -huh. around values. I, I think even though you know, obviously the, the movement, many movement participants and Gulen himself uh, can now uh, look back and say this was a mistake to trust Erdogan and and those affiliated with him. Uh, but many people did. You know, many people in the EU, in the Obama administration, around the world looked to Turkey as a model. It was known as the Turkish model because of these values. So just as are you talking about the, the values? We may, yeah, the, the values, values of that, EU ascension, constitutional reform, uh, judicial reform. These is, these are the issues that were on the table. Yeah, it is around these issues that movement participants, particularly those in the movement-affiliated newspapers, and Gulen himself said positive things. But similarly, many people, many Democrats around the world said the same thing. So the minute. The AKP and, and, and really Erdogan took a U-turn. This is when there was a falling out uh, between but the, point that I the movement's media and the AKP, but specifically Erdogan. But you see, I, I, when I've been looking at it, I didn't see a specific point of departure in terms of the AK party pretty much and the Gulen movement supported by and large the same principles. Up until they veered uh, away. Uh, yeah, up to a point. I think the movement yeah. held on to those principles, and as a result yeah. of those principles, we see that they're being persecuted today. Okay, why? They've, they've why taken the, the higher moral ground. Why, why the rupture? And this is particular. This is particularly important because we have a lot of other Muslim-inspired movements in Turkey that aren't suffering. Why? Because they've bent over backwards to accept and accommodate Erdogan. Gulen, based on principle, didn't uh, succumb to Erdogan's anti-democratic stance, uh, the movement institutions, particularly the, the, the public voice of the movement through its media, vis-a-vis uh, -vis Zaman, which was 
Turkey's number one newspaper. It was the only newspaper selling uh, that had a circulation of more than one million. Just three days ago, it was its first anniversary, March 9, when Zaman went down in 2016. Yeah, but the point is when Erdogan was pursuing aggressively political, social reform, and certainly focused mm. a great deal on the economy. And he has managed to build a very powerful constituency, specifically those who benefited from his economic development. So, But you've got other groups. You've got secular liberals, Kurds. Many of them supported Erdogan. This is true. So, so you have a broad base of support. So, so we can't single out the, the Hizmet movement or Gulen as, as But what it is that the, he was against the Hizmet movement. What is it? What are the principal objections? Where the cleavage come from? Where is the I, I think that the historical from? difference is the difference between how they view Islam in the public sphere and how Gulen views Islam. I think Gulen's understanding, and I think the 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 message that's been brought home uh, quite well in the Western media that there is a struggle between democracy and autocracy. Uh, the subplot, I suggest, was missed out to some degree in that the struggle really in Turkey is civil Islam versus political Islam. This is the ideological difference and the worldview by which Erdogan sees a top-down approach uh, where the state has a role in religion and Gulen sees it as a personal issue that uh, religion remains in a personal and civic space. And for that reason, it was convenient both for the movement and the AKP, as well as other actors, be them liberal, Kurdish or otherwise, coming around these values that the AKP initially sought to uphold. Again, judicial reform, giving rights to uh, various uh, minorities and communities, including But there was Kurds. no there was no discord on this issue between the two sides. And the Golan movement was also focused a great deal on building hundreds, thousands of schools, promoting Islam. So he was not exactly focusing solely on secular teaching, but he also promoted, I you know, I was myself several times in many of these schools in Ankara, in, in Istanbul, and elsewhere. So he pushed Islamic education now in a very aggressive way. Islam, the schools in all of the countries in which they exist, and, and remember the, the movement is active in, in more than 160 countries, the schools follow the state curriculum. The state curriculum. But there this was emphasis on Islam as, as a subject. Great deal of emphasis. In Turkey, despite the fact that Turkey is a secular state, it has a cl- it has a subject known as religion and culture. Religion and culture. I want to get oh, the name. Oh, okay. So, what so this is a state-sanctioned subject. For example, I'm from Australia. The schools don't have a religious subject because it's not part of the state curriculum. Exactly. Now, Erdogan is... So, if, if the school... And remember, these subjects existed pre-Erdogan. These subjects have existed under the Kemal state. So, some would argue that they instilled both... Remember that Turkey, despite the fact that it's a secular state, has a religious affairs directorate. Some people argue, and this existed, was founded under the Kemal state. They argue that this was formed so that religion could be controlled... And for similar reasons, that the state curriculum has a religious subject, so that it could be this con- is, this is, uh, used yeah. as a means to control religion, both in the classroom and in the wider community through mosques. Remember, to be an imam or a preacher, and this includes Gulen, you're a state bureaucrat. You can't be an independent imam in Turkey. You have to be licensed with the religious affairs directorate. So this is an issue that has existed in the AKP period. But it's also yes. existed pre-AKP. But when so you're... the fact that the movement-affiliated schools are similar to state schools, they teach religion and culture because it's sanctioned by the state. Okay, but my what I visit ah, these what, what Erdogan has done, he's increased these types of subjects, he's, he's brought in okay, but Quranic in... classes, this other is, classes, this is my and point. he's enforcing these with people of non-religious background, people of non-Turkish background, people of non-Muslim background, this is something that we should all argue against, that people shouldn't be forced to learn or have religion, if you will, ram down their, down their throat. Let, so let, this is problematic. Yeah, let me and just, this is what let, Erdogan's introduced. I understand. Let me just focus one second on the question of teaching religion in classroom. Mm-hmm. 
there is, from what I see, what Erdogan has been doing today, yeah. last five, six, seven years, eight years, he's been forcing, introducing in, in high school and in, in, in universities more and more courses teaching Islam. Yes. This is very pervasive now throughout mm -hmm. Turkey. Uh, 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 the Fatula movement, the uh, Gulen movement, also have been promoting building these schools, and there was some emphasis greater emphasis on Islamic studies in the school than other subjects. I'm not suggesting other no, subjects... I, I don't know of anything like that. I've been to the schools. I even did uh, an internship in my early early years when I visited Turkey. You know, I taught English in those schools. Whatever the state requirement was, that was... These schools are well known for two things, science and technology. The students of these schools have brought, brought home gold, silver, and bronze medallions in the various science Olympiads. These include international Olympiads, chemistry, physics, maths, and information technology. I know. So they produce the best students, which is why this movement has, uh, has successful students that have ended up in successful universities, be it in Turkey, here in the United States, or, is, or elsewhere. Is, yeah. So the emphasis of the schools uh, in many of those 160 countries is science and technology, not religion. The only place, and I need to emphasize this, the only place that religion is ever taught is if it's state-sanctioned. Turkey is one example I know of. I think okay, Egypt is well, another. Let, let, I know of Indonesia as well. Okay, well, let's just focus on these schools in Turkey, yes. in Egypt, in Indonesia, where the Gulen movement has built many, many of these schools. And based on what I see, there was emphasis on religious studies. I'm not suggesting other subjects were excluded. Certainly, science and technology was very, very strong. But I need to counter your argument. I've, I've visited these schools. I've worked in these schools. Okay. And they were I'm also... a participant of this movement. I've been involved for 25 years. I know Gulen at one level personally. Uh, he has never encouraged this. He encourages at the personal level. You can read his books. But what you was can, then... What you was can, uh, listen to his sermons and his preaching. But there is no avenue for uh, religious studies to be taught in these schools other than what is sanctioned by the state. So that's important. What is emphasized, and this is my counter-argument to what you're saying, is that religious studies or Islamic studies is emphasized. No, I would argue that's what I've seen, and this is what the, the competitions that the schools have won internationally, they emphasize science. Physics, well, if that, if, that, if that were the so case... I would be interested in, in your sources that suggest this. Well, I've seen myself, for example, went to these schools. First of all, it's predominantly boys. Okay? I have not seen a single girl, student, women, in these schools. And I asked the principals, I asked the teachers, mm -hmm. why? Well, they gave me all kind of examination. We but don't there put are single-sex schools. I've been to Jewish and Catholic schools that are single-sex. No, no, but 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 as so far as the Gulen Movement School, as far as these and schools there are concerned, schools as well. Well, I, I, I haven't today. seen them, but the vast majority of these schools were for boys, by and large. Not all of them. There were vast majority. That's what I know. And I also know from the teachers themselves mm. were telling me. My point is, I want to yes. get to the point in Please. terms of. My point here is that when they were telling me, yes, religious studies, whether well, inconsistent with the requirement of the state, I grant you that. But we go back to the requirement of the state. Yeah. Remember, from the time uh, the Turkish Republic was created in 1923, there were several prime ministers who attempted a coup, Islamic coup, basically trying to introduce Islamic uh, studies and make Turkey more and more leaning toward a conservative Islam. I mean, this is not the first time. So what I'm saying Wait, which is... Which coup are you talking about? Well, there were at least two or three two coups. With, uh, uh, was it Erbadan, what was the first name? And the one and who there was, was... There was no... Is that all the coups uh, up? Uh, well, there were two up. coups, at least, where the military intervened precisely because they were shifting... Uh, well, emphasizing. they were shifting in the Baltics, the, yes. Uh, well, they were shifting uh, into the Islamic were, studies. Were, were, there was a soft coup of, of 98 against Erbakan, but all the others were, uh, were at the hands of uh, Kemalist soldiers, uh, divide between the left and the right. Yeah, but the religious component was very strong in these both of these two coups. One of the prime ministers, I'm sure you know, was actually executed subsequently uh, because of that, uh, because of he was very strong in introducing 
uh, Islam. My point here is yeah, this. Yes, my, the, my point here is that Islam as such in Turkey, yes, Kamal Ataturk wanted the separation of power, so to speak. He wanted to create a secular state, more yes. westernized state. That's, that is the case. But throughout this year, almost 90 years now, throughout this process, there was always consistent effort by various governments to promote Islam in a consistent way. And I did not see a single government going back 30, 40, 50 years that did not want to have anything to do with Islam. Basically, what they wanted to present a so-called Islamic democracy. Mm -hmm. That's what Erdogan's flag was. We have an Islamic democracy, when in fact he was moving very steadily and very consistently to make the country ever more Islamist. We know this to be the fact now. My point is this, the Gulen movement, the religion, Islam, is not strange to the Gulen movement. Mm. They were also emphasizing um, the importance of religion. Okay, I'll take your he's, point. He's a, he's a preacher, so I, I think we need to look at it uh, not necessarily within institutions, but in his private capacity as a preacher. So the institutions we need to separate from uh, Gulen's role as a preacher. He's a preacher, he preaches Islam. But Tamaz, this is so exactly this is my point. So he preached Islam, that's his role. He believed this is an important but there part was of no, yeah. learning uh, civil Islam from the pulpit, which is what he encouraged through the 70s and 80s. And, okay. and, and to this day, in his public discussions on you know, obviously social media and whatever. This is exactly for the point. He does that. He preaches that. Yes. And but we need to separate uh, well, well, but the separation the institutions, that's significant. That's significant. Well, yes, you call it significant. Because these institutions exist in many countries that are predominantly Muslim, to predominantly Buddhist, to predominantly Hindu, to predominantly Christian. But so in all of these schools, in but these they, countries yeah. do not emphasize religious studies or even within that Islamic studies. So you may have one example, or you may have some examples in the Muslim uh, in the Muslim world, but you can't point to examples and say that this is generalization that the movement is involved in. You, you well, but you, you can you that. cannot suggest also that Islamic studies were not part and parcel of the curriculum. Only because yeah. and I've mentioned this before. Yeah. Only because it's part of the state curriculum. And they also, so whether whether it was a Hizmet movement affiliated school or anybody else, including Kemal's, had to learn religious studies as sanctioned uh, by okay. the state. Uh, the fact. So uh, I think that's significant. No, I, that's, I think I think I, I understand that that Listening I, to this, I know what to you're trying to that do. The movement is not about. Uh, spreading Islam or spreading some type of ideology around religion. It is about serving communities, encouraging science and technology, I know. and allowing allowing communities, particularly those in the third world and poorer countries, to be empowered through knowledge, to be successful, but you to can, come back but you and would, to serve the communities. But you would say then, if this was the case, yes. why would Erdogan object to all of this? If this is exactly the point, that is, if there was no strong uh, and, and Islamic component. And this is the difference component. between civil Islam and, and okay. political Islam, is that civil Islam exists in the civic space and in the personal space. And true. that's what, uh, and, and there's a lovely article I would refer uh, you to read by uh, Dr. Ur Kometra Oğlu, uh, that differentiates the understanding of Islam in the modern era, uh, civil versus now I, I grant you I grant you that uh, whereas uh, Erdogan is mo moving more and more to a political Islam, yes. no question, and there is perhaps more. And this less explains of, why the movement has been successful in yeah, 160 yeah. countries, except we can exclude Turkey now. But even and, and that's got nothing to do with the movement itself; it's to do with the. But in which way then? In, in which way then? In which way then? The schools that belong to the Gulen movement were different than ordinary schools elsewhere, anywhere in the world. What was the difference? Why, if, Emphasis if, if, on if, science and technology, well, number one. Number two, uh, mentoring programs that it incorporated not only the students, the families, and the wider community. And as a spin-off of that, encouraging service. So these are three of the main values. Science and technology education, uh, mentoring programs that incorporated uh, the wider community. So not just students and families, but everyone. And then the importance of civic and social activism, getting students involved. I'll give you one example, for example. We visited a school. Uh, I went back home to visit my family in December 
2016, a few months ago, and I visited the school. I have friends there. I was a teacher at one of the schools in, in Sydney, which is where I'm from. And they had a, uh, a, a garden, a large garden, maybe you know, four or five times the size of, of, of this room. And students from K to 12, kindergarten, played a role. A, it was a mechanism to learn about gardening, about biology, ecology, about the environment that we realize where food and, uh, food and fruits come from. And they would raise the fruits and the vegetables out of this garden. They would fund it themselves. The produce they would, they would produce, they would sell at a farmer's market because they farm this organically. And the funds that they made would help continue to run the farm. Yeah, and right. the profits they would send to an orphanage in Africa. So all the students, big or small, contributed to the running of this vegetable garden. They made money from it. The profits went to an orphanage in Africa. So there's many lessons. There's science lessons, there's social responsibility lessons, and there's civic and social service to others that need it. Helping them. So this is just one example. No, no, I, I understand that of this, and I understand that they are involved if, you know, in a very direct, effective way in all yes. of these subjects and some. There's no yes. question. Uh, that does not still explain the fact that the Gulen movement and Erdogan finally split. What was the basis for that split? This is simply personal? Is it, no, it's no, not, I, I, it, no it it was, I, I think it's principles around the fact that A, Gulen and B, Gizmet movement uh, in which way the, in which institutions way, in which way these stands. One of the first signs was the fact that Erdogan came down hard on university prep schools. There were 4,000 of them. These helped kids in government or private schools through extracurricular tuition at evenings and on weekends to help them get into university. Of the 4,000, it is alleged about 1,000, a quarter of them, were affiliated with the movement. He got rid of all of them. And many commentators in Turkey the said... The question is, why? What happened there? Why would he... Want I think to this get was a long-term plan because what is by the virtue of the fact that the movement has a strong conservative base that... But uh, in which Gulen, way? The point Gulen is... Gulen historically never liked people using religion for the benefit of politics. He quoted often a very important Kurdish scholar... But this is exactly what he's doing now. Said, no. He said, and this is an important statement, if, if you don't mind, let me quote him. He said, when religion and politics mix... They both lose, but religion loses even more. So, but you uh, know, don't, you don't buy very, into that argument. I Gulen mean, this was is very concerned with people using politics as Erdogan previous to Erdogan, and as Erdogan started to increase such rhetoric using a religion for political means. But this is exactly what he was preaching against before. This is what he was doing initially, was saying we need to separate between politics and Islam. Yes, but now, yes. now he is actually pushing political Islam for, for Erdogan today is the method, is the philosophy by which he is governing today. Yes. So I want to go back. What was then the reason for the departure, for the conflict between the two sides? Theoretically speaking, from a theoretical perspective, the Gulen movement was pushing for all the subjects that you've been talking yes. about, you know, science, uh, uh, all the chemistry and, and uh, technology and all of that, and doing social work, which is very, very important. This, I, these I subject Erdogan feared the fact that Gulen's principal stance against historical stance against political Islam, and where Erdogan was taking Turkey using these methods of politicizing Islam and Islamizing politics. Sooner or later, he feared that the strong base that Gulen had around him would reject Erdogan. So he saw this as an opportunity but why, why would to he... quiet him down. But why quiet him he... down Gulen and the public voice of the movement, the uh, media institutions. And remember, after the corruption probe, and I just mentioned a few moments ago, the one number one newspaper that was being critical of Erdogan, Zaman newspaper, Zaman. Yeah, I know that. was brought down. Mm -hmm. So that, and of course... The uh, 
corruption probe became a, a great excuse to come down after he used this as he, he gave this the title of a, a civilian coup against me. the government. He suggested that this was backed by Western powers and that local agents who we inferred was the, the movement was behind the corruption probe move ahead this is this is we understand that I'm just I want to go back to the school because this is an important point that is if you would assume that Erdogan would not object to any curriculum that deal with social with, with sciences technology computer science and all of that if that was the emphasis of the Gulen schools yeah. there should be absolutely no no resistance to that on the part of but, now what as a, there was part, other component what is the other component to which Erdogan objected to the Islamization of knowledge or of politics, and therefore many of the students coming out were sympathetic to this understanding of Islam, civil Islam, as opposed to using Islam for politics, where this was encouraged in the religious schools or other schools that were affiliated or, or close to. to uh, this is what Erdogan we need to get and the various into. Uh, religious movements so that that we're close to. So let, let us establish then, because we, I want to c clarify this for people who listen to this conversation. Yes. Now we are, we are dividing a civil Islam versus political Islam. Whereas uh, the, the Gulen movement pursues civil yes. uh, Islam, and for the good, for all the reasons you just have mentioned, Erdogan has basically is using political Islam to further his own political ambition. And we, this is more than transparent in the last seven, eight, nine years. The point is this, there is nothing in the Golan schools system that is inconsistent still with what Erdogan himself. And you are saying that he is afraid that this teaching civil Islam in this school is going to... Representing the that are role models? Yeah. Because remember... But why would, that, why would that be contrary to Erdogan's interest? Why would, why would he... Civil Islam and political Islam are not mutually, not gained, mutually exclusive. He, he never gains Gulen's endorsement. And Gulen has always been critical of actors that use religion for political gain. Okay, so now we get into the point. So we are reducing it also to a personal conflict, not only ideological. I don't think because... Civil, well, I think these are the, the values well, by which we understand yeah, Islam no, in the modern era. No, true. But civil Islam, let me just repeat, civil Islam and political Islam are not mutually exclusive. They are not one against the other. But you know, I'm not suggesting political Islam is the right route to take, the right path to take. But civil Islam is a positive approach to religion, to way of life. But how do you, in fact, if take countries where they use... Islam as the political foundation of the state. Today, Turkey is not alone. I mean, this is what Erdogan is yes. trying to do. Look at various Arab countries. Islam is a, is a political Islam. It's what governed Saudi Arabia. Political Islam would govern many other states, and the Gulf states and others. But in the same token there, they are also introduced to the school curriculum other subjects. So what they've been able to do, basically find a formula where political Islam and civil Islam are not necessarily not separated because they see that one could actually complement the other. Well, that is not the case in, in Turkey itself. That is, Erdogan saw a threat. So he, he realizes there's a threat. Yes. That what, what the Gulen movement is was threatening what he wants to do, what he wants to achieve. So really what I'm trying to establish with you, if it's, because for me, it is more than just school system. It is not just pursuing political versus civil Islam. There was also an element of personal uh, conflict between the two. It is not because necessarily ideologically they have disagreed with one another from a political perspective. So what was beyond that? Why was it this competition between the two sides? Why, why to a point where now Erdogan is persecuting anyone that belongs to the, to the Hizmet movement? That, of course, goes beyond the corruption probe in regards to it. I think the movement became a, a, the go-to scapegoat. You know, he created, fermented enough hate and fear of the movement of Gulen and used the pretext of uh, 
the failed coup of July 2016 to complete and remember within hours of the demise of that, that failed coup, uh, lists were ready and many commentators yeah, but, but the, the, the suggest clear, at least these lists were ready in advance and then the, he used the two. Uh, this is true, but the start conflict... Start a new wave of yeah. purges against... But the conflict the was started way before the last coup between the two yes. sides. I mean, we're going back... We can go, back, many, we can go many, to Marvi Marmara, for yeah. example, when yeah. Gulen made statements yeah. in the Wall Street Journal in regards to the incident, he suggested that the participants... The Marmara, that, I know he criticized him so, on this, yeah. So these public statements, of, of course, and, and remember, the individuals involved were closely aligned to the then Prime Minister. He said, we gave them permission to sail off and words to that effect. So Gulen stands both in terms of, he made two important uh, statements there, that A, the incident was ugly, and B, that they should have sought permission with the authorities. So this this was not taken lightly by everyone. And no, I, I, I understand so that. I think that there is a, a historical context, but I, I still think uh, it, it comes to the fact that historically Gulen's non-Islamist stance was always a threat to those that wanted to curb Turkey into that that direction. And we're, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing the Islamization of politics. And I, I know we've we've gone over this and the politicization of, of Islam. And this is something at the core of what, what Gulen believes. And the fact that the movement has been successful is the fact that it relates to the to the issue that Islam is, is not... Uh, ingrained in the, in the institutions whereas Erdogan wants to ingrain these in these types of institutions no they no, I, I i understand that but let, let's just go back if this kind of understanding exists does not actually justify the major conflict between the two sides today yes. so we're talking about criticism he criticized Erdogan about the marmara event he criticized Erdogan for various policies has taken that have no relationship to religion just a, this is a political disagreement on specific issues. But I put all of this together, and I still don't understand myself where this, other than you are suggesting that Erdogan was concerned, so much concerned about how successful the Gulen movement was, and he did not want to allow it to continue to flourish because that is going to undermine his policy and his politics. But where this is going to? Where is this is going to lead to? Now, yes, he's, now he's in power. He's persecuting the, 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 those Kurds who presumably the Turks belong to the Hizmet movement, to the Gulen movement. Mm -hmm. But what, what, what's happening now? What is taking place now? Where is this going to go? Well, you know, the, the movement... Yeah. The movement, of course, is under... Uh, uh, a lot of stress in, in Turkey, the numbers of people, as you know, that have been purged, all the institutions have been closed down uh, or expropriated. Uh, the movement's become a, a diaspora movement. It exists outside of Turkey. Those that are affiliated with the movement and have opportunities to leave have left. Uh, many people are seeking uh, asylum. Uh, and this includes others as well that are not affiliated. Turkey has gone down a, a dark path and it appears to be getting even darker if, if Erdogan is, is granted you know, super presidency. So that's a difficult call. My, my biggest concern is, is beyond Erdogan, the levels of polarity that exist will take uh, possibly decades. I've spoken to uh, children of Holocaust survivors and they say that hate continues beyond the, the leader because it's been entrenched through government-backed institutions. And, and, and remember, there is no independent media. Everything is in the hands of Erdogan. It's become, the, the media of Turkey has become a pro propaganda machine well, yes, for, for, for Erdogan. Yeah, so yeah. All, all the polarization against Kurds, against Alawis, and in particular against uh, sympathizers or participants of, of the Hizmet movement, those that... Uh, Close to to Gulen, uh, are seen as, as demons, and this has been pumped day in day out. I, I quote Goebbels. Uh, you would know Hitler's propaganda minister. He he said, "If you lie to the people often enough, 
they'll believe you. So, and this is what's been happening for the last three years. Oh, more than that. And, I and mean, yes, and, and it's more, more, it's more than that, in, of in course. In regards yeah. to yeah. You know, the persecution of, of the movement and, and the purges that began slowly but were ramped up as a result of, of the attempted coup, which in fact, of course, is anti-democratic. Uh, Dylan spoke against the coup. He even said, uh, you know, if there was anyone affiliated with me, they've gone against all the values that I, I, I stand for and uh, the movement stands for. Uh, we still don't know, was it eight months uh, on, we still don't know who's perpetrated this. I mean, do, 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 you, do you have a hunch yourself? Do you believe in any I, I, I conspiracy was, kind uh, of theory of sorts? I, I think that's something that's plausible. You know, Kemalist soldiers planned this and it was allowed to enact. Erdogan co-opted some of those soldiers, allowed for a small group that knew it was a coup, uh, allowed it to take place in a, con in a controlled environment, and soldiers that didn't know it was a coup thought it was either a terrorist attack or a, uh, a war game, and many you know, lower-ranking soldiers that took part uh, were interviewed saying we were told it was a, either a terrorist attack, some people were reporting as that, or a war game. But we don't have enough, so they're not allowing evidence to come out, so no one can really uh, make informed decisions uh, other than you know, based on some of the evidence. And remember, David, again, who you uh, just moderated or had a conversation with from Columbia University, uh, suggested the same. That it was a, a controlled coup that Erdogan it is, took it's advantage of. It's entirely and that's possible. Significant. It's, it's possible, but a military, military coup in Turkey is not a new phenomenon. It happened. It happened before, and, and nobody suggests then that the military coups were contrived two, three but times before. But this was done so badly. Well, well, this was done. This was done so badly. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm quoting David here. And I've, I've forgotten his surname, but just so. Uh, uh, people know who was the uh, Columbia University. Yeah, David Phillips. Yeah, David Phillips. Yeah, he said it, it was con controlled and it was it was meant to fail. Well, I am, you know, we don't know. I mean, of course, Honestly, we, and we, we may we, never we, know. We and I agree with that. I we mean, may never I, know. The this fact, is not plausible scenario. Yeah, the fact it's more that plausible than yeah, what Erdogan tells us. Maybe, but the fact is, I mean, what what would support that is the fact that I had this ready-made list of nearly hundred thousand people mm. that were able to round the following two three days. Mm. That suggests that there was something planned, and he may very well have yeah, some part. Yeah, took advantage of it. Part of even it. if it wasn't. Yeah. You know, he wasn't involved at all. He took okay. advantage of it. As he said, it's a gift from God. Quite yeah, unquote. well, this is exactly, it's a gift from this God. exactly right. Now, the, the, now, I want to just take it from here. The Gulen movement today is on the mm. defensive. Yes. I just was invited to a meeting in New York City. Was it three, four days ago? A group that, Gulen, Gulenists, you mm. know, was actually we met. And they wanted to hear what people like myself and others can suggest mm. how to sustain, how to strengthen the Hizmet movement mm. because they feel they are under attack yes. outside Turkey. Now, if they feel attacked outside Turkey, what is happening now? Do you expect, do you anticipate that the Gulen movement at any point in time come back and restore some of its philosophy um, within civil, Turkey? Yeah, within Turkey itself? I think that's a long project. I would like to think so. Do you consider yourself a belong to the Gulen movement? Of course, I've been a participant for 25 years. So, well, that's a great... Now I know why, why you're defending it. So, so. I'm a participant <laughs> of, the, of the movement. You know? Yeah. I've, I've given up my career to be involved in these types of activities. I'm, I'm, I feel... Very privileged to be. I would have assumed you you knew that. No, no, no. I mean, I knew that. I mean, just wanted to know what what's your take, <laughs> because anyone who who speak the way you talk about the Gulen movement, you surely belong to the movement. Always a part of the movement. But well, being well, being that you you are, what what do you suggest? How do you? What kind of path you would like to chart for the future? Are you going to stay on the defensive? No, I don't know how much longer I'd want to I think, Erdogan for example, what we're doing... At Where the do you see the future for the movement? Uh, I, I think 
continue to be active in the civil space while taking up the responsibility of assisting those that are in, in trouble. Where? In each of the respective countries that the movement's active in. So for us, it's, for, for me, it's Washington, D.C. For others, New York, others, the U.K., Spain, Australia, elsewhere. So why, why Remember, you... Tur Turkey's the, the major issue here, but the movement's active in 160 other countries. So, uh, you know, steady as she goes and uh, continue to serve. And are you suggesting that with or without support from Turkey itself, or without, that if the, the movement died in Turkey itself, does it have resonance to exist elsewhere? Yes. Well, the movement is about just serving the Turkish people. It's, just, it's about serving all people. There are problems so, everywhere. So what is the difference between this movement and many, many scores of other groups and organizations, political... That, that, Gül that, Gülen, the same that thing? Gülen's able to frame this with an uh, Islamic understanding, theologically, uh, uh -huh. and say that this is how Muslims around the world and those that are friends of these values, so that includes people of other faith and people of no so, faith, to come together okay. to serve. But the motivation for many Muslims that are observant Muslims, Gulen frames this within a theological understanding. Okay. But he also oh, frames it around, for those that aren't Muslim or those that are secular, he frames it around a social responsibility aspect as well. So there's two dimensions, that those that are observant, they have responsibility to the creator and creation, and those that are not observant, but they have responsibility to their community, the irrespective. Okay. And that's significant. It is fine, but the way I want to go back, and we're going to conclude with this, right, more or less. We'll go back to where we started, and that is the Islamic component of the Gulen movement is very important. That you cannot... For those that are observant Muslims, there are people that consider themselves part of the movement that aren't Muslim. Is there anything wrong with that? Where, no. do you, where do you find these people? Oh, we have advisors that, for example, here in Washington, D.C., you go to our website, look at the different advisors. We have people that are rabbis and pastors that are support our activities, that the, donate their money, that donate their time. Support, but do they belong to the movement? Well, supporting the movement, participating I mean, in I can support. I can support many, many, many organizations, but I don't belong to the organization. Well, I, mean, I think there's a, there's a fine line. I never belonged to the organization, but I was part of the movement as a volunteer while I worked as an engineer previous to my position. No, no, I'm not being critical of what no, the I'm movement not, is doing. No, I'm not. To me, I, but, but I'm, but, I don't know. What I'm saying, what I'm saying, do you feel that the movement has a future? And of to, 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 to what extent this actually can take place, can happen, if there's no future for the movement in Turkey itself? I, what will happen, I, say, I after Futula Gulen dies? It, what will it, happen after? I, I think it's, it's given a creative opportunity for the movement participants to look at new avenues to grow within countries where they weren't as strong as a result. And remember, a lot of people have been pushed out of what, Turkey. What, what, so this gives them the catalyst to be more active with the new people, to look for new opportunities. And, and to, are you suggesting it will last if, if, if Gulen is no longer there? If he's no longer alive, I mean, I, I think that's one possibility. But well, what do you, how do you how do you see the future without him? Do you feel that his presence, his importance, as such, the leader of the moment, spiritually, practically, politically, and well, otherwise, not, not practically. To, well, you know, he, he doesn't control the activities. He doesn't control the activity, control but he but countries, he is, but the values he espouses. Okay, do you feel as if suppose he departs the scene tomorrow? Do you have well, he'll eventually have to. Well, who's gonna who's going to, to, to assume the helm of the movement and continue well, he's, he's with this? We, we don't have him at the helm of the movement per se anyway. The institutions run independent of him. He doesn't know what's happening in Fiji or New Zealand or this Nepal is true. Or, or Norway. Of course, there'll be a, maybe a, a morale loss for a, a certain period. But I, I think he's inculcated in the participants, you know, a dynamism. An opportunity, uh, but do you, you really know, feel that uh, this can continue? a motivation to look for opportunities yes. and to find people that that need the services that that are necessary? Uh, without leadership, uh, there's local leadership everywhere. You know, Where? I'm at the head of the room forum. I have a team. I work with them. I don't consult. But don't, I, mean, I don't consult. Uh, but you know, I've been here eight years. I mean, historically, he doesn't know what the room forum does. Well, he doesn't have to know the details. But historically speaking. Yes. Any movement, any government, you're going to have some leader, a leader to be emulated, mm. a leader to be followed. 
if you do not have Gulen today alive, and you don't have somebody who can actually take its place and become the leader, are you suggesting that it can exist by simply perpetuating and promoting what each chapter is doing I, in various I, I, I think that that's a big question. I don't know. The, 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 the movement can continue. There may be a demise. I mean, that, that's a possibility. We, we don't know. It's, it's a matter of crossing that bridge when we get to it. But why the why, the circumstances? But, but why wait? But the why wait? But we if don't know is, where the we we don't know the circumstances uh, that the movement will be in. I mean, we don't know you, the circumstances that the world will be in. We don't know the circumstances of Turkey, which has been a strong hub for the but movement. But this is all more more so because of that. I would think that he himself would think in those terms. Well, I am six, 70, 80, I don't know how old he is at this point. About eighty years old. Come to eighty years. About eighty years old. He knows that there's a time where he's not going to be around. Shouldn't you think that he himself would think in terms of how should we perpetuate, how we should prom continue to promote this idea? I, I, Do we I need think he's, he's, he's laid out the plan by virtue of the values, by encouraging people to be involved, to be selfless and sacrificial, etc. These I are in his books, in his preachings, I, I, and, I, I, and he has 80 books to his name. So whether he, uh, he can do you really believe that any movement survive unless you have significant leadership on the at the helm? I mean, we'll, we'll find out. I, I'm not necessarily but my suggesting that the why, movement why will do you grow want to wait or... to find out? I mean, we know, we know you're going to need some kind of leadership. If I were Gulen myself, Fatula Gulen myself, I would say, I I'm I'm 80 years old. I'm 85 years old, and I have to think in terms. Of, if I want this movement to continue mm -hmm. to grow to get be stronger. I'm going to have to find somebody who's going to lead it. But I, but I don't see, see that happening. The, but the concept here is that you're suggesting that he actually leads the movement. You know, he, he, he doesn't. Well, he who doesn't. Does? He does. The, 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 the movement through 160 countries is independent of, of one of them. It's a loose network of organizations that adhere to, generally, but he adheres to the principles that he's espoused for 40 years. But he, is he doesn't come in and, and, and tell. What I do at the room before, what not. people I do know there. that. But he's and the, beyond his life, we'll see. I, I think it's a matter of seeing when we get to that, you know, when we get to that no, the juncture, reason, because the, the, the conditions of the world that we'll be in, the conditions of, of the individuals and, and the status of the individuals. My, my, my feeling is that, you know, if you leave this, since you don't know what's it going to be, obviously, then you don't know what's going to be the future of the movement. So you cannot say, I don't know what's going to happen in Turkey, I don't just know what's going to happen in the world. Just as the, the coup was unpredictable and, and its effect on the movement, I think it's unpredictable. I would hope that it continues to grow, to grow in strength, to look for new opportunities to serve people the reason, in, the reason I'm in, raising in this various question, areas. Because if the movement you know, basically is being decimated in Turkey itself, if the head of the movement, Fethullah Gulen himself, departs the scene, he, he passed away, then the future of the movement, in my view, will be in serious jeopardy. You do not have any longer the base where it was the movement was created in the first place, and you don't have the leadership. And that is, that is where eventually people like Erdogan will win the day. That's how I see it. I see the movement need to reconsider its position today. Where, where do we want to be 10, 15, 20 years down the line? Yes, a lot of things can change around the world, in Turkey itself, elsewhere, but we should have a vision. Myself, when I talked to this group just last week, mm -hmm. I asked them this very question. You are, you are, the whole movement is in the, the Hizmet. Mm -hmm. The Gulen, is the, is the heart, the center, the soul, and the spirit of the movement today still. That's why they look up to him. And I'm suggesting to him, you know, you are under tremendous stress. They're looking for ways and means by which to help perpetuate the movement in New York. And I raise this question, what, how do you see the future? Where does it go? And there's no, no answer. There's no answer. And as I'm saying, depends. You really can, you think a movement can de uh, depends on what else is developing, unless you have some kind of strategy that can consider all kind of development. I, I, I think the virtue of the fact that there's maybe more important issues at hand today than to be thinking about what's going to happen when, you know, with the demise or the well, passing well, away of, of, of Gulen. Remember, we have a, a new class of refugees 
you know, the movement is moved into a position of assisting these people that are trying to get it, get out. Uh, the world's a different place to what it was three, four years ago, and I'm not just talking about Turkey. We have autocratic tendencies uh, here in, in, in Europe. So these are new issues that, that have been but is brought no on the longer, table, not only for the movement, but for, for, but is for no all longer, people, for okay, all communities, for, that's the whole thing. for all society, civil but, society actors. But it is no longer exclusive to the movement. That's, that's the whole yes, point. It's no yes. longer exclusive to the movement, which yes. means this movement will become just like any other movement that deal with this I think that's a possibility. humanitarian I'm not, issues. I'm not arguing against the fact that, you know... Uh, all right. I mean, that's what, what I really wanted to... You know, I'm not arguing yeah. against the fact that... Yeah. I think it's unpredictable. I can't guarantee the movement will exist in 15, 20 years. I, I, I don't know. That's my point. My point is those who believe in it, those who want to... Have it to see it last. In my view, are not taking the kind of steps necessary to promote it. Because if you now agree with me that the movement is what it's doing in terms, in terms of humanitarian aid, be the refugees, uh, teaching, schooling, uh, work, all of that, it is no longer exclusive to the Gulen movement. And that's when a movement disappears. When it is no longer, if you don't have the spiritual leader for it, and you don't have a, a specific philosophy that it is different than, many, than other philosophies in terms of human needs, a human dimension, then the Gulen movement as such will not be able to survive. That's how I see it. Watch this space. Let's uh, live and learn. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. I You're most welcome. It was a time. pleasure. Yeah, thank you. The pleasure is mine. Pleasure I hope you mine. don't mind. We sort of, I wanted not to argue with you. Not a problem at all. I was testing you and you did okay. <laughs> I'm willing to do this again. <laughs> anytime. Anytime. I'll be better prepared next time. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I see potential. Oh, wow. I see potential. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode on the issues. You can find this podcast on my SoundCloud page. And stay tuned to my social media accounts for the latest analysis and announcements.